Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hi, I'm Pav. And I'm Neil. And welcome to the Top 10 of Anything podcast. Let's start the countdown! The perfect movie villain would be someone who totally believes what they are doing is right, totally focused on their well-thought-out plan. Oh, and they have to have a kick-ass base or a lair carved out of the side of a volcano with sharks with lasers on their freaking heads. Sorry, went all Dr. Evil there. Here's our evil fact hunter, Neil, with 10 facts about movie villains. Thank you very much, Pav. So here we go. In Disney's Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, Lucille Laverne voiced both the evil queen and the evil witch. To achieve this versatile performance, Laverne removed her false teeth as she voiced the latter. Rachel McAdams wore a blonde wig throughout her iconic performance as Regina George in Mean Girls. Adam Driver was was one of the top choices to play Lex Luthor in Batman vs. Superman, but he gave that up to be another baddie, Kylo Ren from the Star Wars sequence. Sorry, Neil. (laughs) I got got so excited then because you said Star Wars. (laughs) At the beginning of their fight in Kill Bill Volume 1, O'Ren Ishii tells the bride, I hope you saved your energy. If you haven't, you may not last five minutes. Exactly five minutes later, the bride kills Ishii. Bette Miller, Bette Midler famously turned down the role of Annie Wilkes in Misery. Uh, the iconic number one fan role, role later went to Kathy Bates. It was a decision that Bette Midler later called herself stupid for missing. And Margaret Hamilton played the green screen Wicked Witch of the West in 1939, The Wizard of Oz. She was also hospitalised for severe burns as a result of an explosion gone awry in the memorable scene where she disappears in a cloud of magic smoke. James Earl Jones asked not to be credited for his voice work as Darth Vader. As an up-and-coming actor, Jones feared being typecast, so he originally distanced himself from the series. (laughs) 
To get a realistic reaction from Alan Rickman during Hans Gruber's death scene, the diehard crew dropped him from 20 feet onto an airbag on the count of two when they had originally said they would drop him on three. <laughs> the tights under Ralph Fiennes, or Rafe Fiennes, his Voldemort robes, kept slipping down his legs while shooting Harry Potter, making it awkward for the actor to walk. In the end, Fiennes opted to wear stockings and garters under his evil wizard smock. And the hunter who killed Bambi's mum ranks 20th on the AFI's list of top 50 villains of all time. He is simply listed as man. There we go. Thank you, Neil. Thank you very much for that. Well, we are here now, movie villains, and we thought that we had TV villains not long ago, so we thought the only person that we could have back was Lucy Bugless. Hello, Lucy. Hello. Thank you so much for the sequel to the TV uh, villains thing. I'm so excited to be here. Well, we I just feel like you're being typecast now. Just whenever we talk about villains, it has to be you. Yeah. I'm, I'm down for other villains. We could do book villains, uh, you know, game villains. I'm up for anything, really. Let's do it. There you go. <laughs> as long as it's villains. Yeah. As long as it's villains. <laughs> you are now requirement. a villain expert. Indeed, mm. you are. Um, I've, I've, I find it quite hard to do my top 10 for this, and I don't know how you two felt. Oh, my God, yes. It was a struggle. Uh, <laughs> I do have a few honourable mentions that I might bring up, but it was really tr- it was really tricky. I, I, it was harder than the TV one, actually. It was, it was so much, many people to pick mm. from. It was just, I mean, I think I've got my list. I mean, it's there. <laughs> I can't change it now, but we'll see. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah I, mine kept changing a lot. I, I would go back to it a week later and think, how did I forget him? How did I forget her and that sort of thing? So, mm. yeah, and I, I'm we're not going to say the I word because well, I already did in my facts, but oh, did you? Okay, <laughs> it's iconic, Lucy. We keep seem to keep saying, but the trouble with movie villains is that every single one of them is iconic mm-hmm. in whatever movie or whatever franchise they've been in. So, um, it's going to be interesting to see how many duplicates we have on yeah. this one as well. Uh, but Lucy, kick us off with your number 10 movie villain. Yeah, sure. So um, this guy is a right piece of work. He's from a Stephen King novel, but he might not be who you think he's going to be. I've gone down the Green Mile route. So I've picked Percy Wetmore. Right. Okay. Yeah. Because he he's everything that's wrong with the prison system, he absolutely loves torturing the prisoners. He loves the electric chair he's you know he's the one who didn't wet the sponge and and there was that horrible death when the guy fried mm. and you know he, he he delights in that and i think he's a, he's a pure sadist through and through so that's why i've chosen him isn't he um something like the governor's uh nephew or something something like that yes that's, that's a really yeah. good point again it's the institutional sort of bias yeah. he's not he's, he's a horrible person i mean he's, he's brilliantly played um i mean because you, you kind of love to hate him he's one mm. of those villains that will stick with you um even though the film's not really about him it's about obviously john coffee and um tom hanks's character but man he he, he makes me irate i hate him yeah <laughs> uh, but he gets at least he gets his just desserts at the end oh he does doesn't he if, if nobody's seen his, this movie and worry yeah, well, he, he is... well, we will say now we are going to spoil the shit out of a lot of movies with yeah. it. So, <laughs> so we won't we won't pander around saying shall no, I say okay. this, shall I say that. Um, he is one of those characters that makes you, as much as the Green Mile is a great film, mm. not want to watch the film mm-hmm. because he is that abhorrent. He is that yeah. much of a a complete dick yeah. that you that you 
you were, and the thing is, whenever I watch that movie, I have to get through that thing. I can't watch the stuff that he's going to do because his old demeanor is just just sneaky and horrible mm. in the back of your mind like you said Neil you then know he's going to get his comeuppance just keep watching the film because he does get his comeuppance at the end yeah as much as he is a complete ass all the way through well, the it, it would have made the movie wrong wouldn't it if he didn't get his comeuppance in that particular movie I know villains don't always get their comeuppance and yeah. rightly so they don't because of the movie franchise but that one is perfect isn't it but as an actor he became quite troubled and became quite vilified online didn't he for marrying a very young girl and having a breakdown or whatever he did so um i'm just gonna look and see what his name was because i cannot remember what his name yeah i don't think i've seen him in any other film but it's always just that one performance Mm. that just stands out to me yeah i don't know he was he was in an episode of x files okay yes it was the one tombs i think it was where he where he could get through real small gaps and he was a very creepy, you he know, I think a, he ended up being very, like Doug Hutchison. That's right. That's the guy's name, yeah. 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 Okay, what a great one to start with. Uh, yeah, didn't well even done. think about that Well one. done. Well done, uh, Go on then, Neil, number 10. <laughs> Mine, this, there's number 10, I put it in because it's quite um, um, open. There's a lot of versions of this villain and it's Dracula. But I particularly, I'm going to put Bella Lugosi in because I'm a huge fan of the Universal movies and Christopher Lee because they're the ones that I identify with more. And people say, what about Gary Oldman? But I didn't find Gary Oldman's Dracula that villainous. I actually quite liked him and he was suave, wasn't he, when he got to London? But still as a villain, yeah, Dracula or the vampire is still a great go-to if it's done well. I know it's been hammered to death, but... Oh, well done. Yeah, hammered to death. Very good. I mean, we sort of said everything we needed to say about Dracula when we did movie monsters, didn't we? Because I think everybody had him in the in the top ten. We did, but But yeah, um, he's still he's still a villainous piece to me. I mean, because it doesn't necessarily. I mean, they're the two that I pointed out. But if they use a villain, you know, like for instance, Spike when he was a villain in Buffy was a great villain, wasn't he? Um, uh, I know he turned good, but yeah, it's, it's it's a great it's a great monster shall we say that's also a great villain hmm. fair enough uh hmm. i was gonna i was gonna say my my whole definition of a movie villain is like i said in my um introduction is someone that doesn't feel that they're doing something wrong yeah. their, their vision is or, or they have a specific task to do and nothing will you know, no morals or, you know, no kind feeling will take them away from that vision or that task they have. Yep. Pretty much every one of my um, top 10 has that. My first one is Hans Lander from Inglorious Bastards. Oh, okay. Because, yeah. um, again, he 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 loves the fact that he has, like, this cool nickname. He loves the fact that he feels that he is the cleverest person in the room wherever he is. And he always seems to know more than the person that he's talking to, mm. especially if he's interrogating them. He knows three or four moves ahead. Um, but he's also very cold as well, isn't it? There's a real chill about his But that's, know, the that's, the, that's the turn in him, isn't it? He's mm. very... Um, Meanable. He's he, he's very. He knows how to talk to people. He's very charming. Mm. He's also got that cold streak in him. Um, mm, but the one difference with him also is that when he realizes he's losing, 
He's quite happy to sell every single thing that he believes in just to cover his own ass and make sure that he's going to be safe. Mm. So, but fantastic performance. Oh, yeah. um, Oscar winning performance. Oscar winning performance. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's my number 10. Uh, Lucy, you're number nine. <laughs> number nine is probably the only um, Disney one I've gone for because they have to put a Disney villain in it. You know, it's kind of, it's the law. Uh, so I've gone for Maleficent. Um, because Maleficent is that kind of timeless villain and you have to be pretty evil to curse a baby. I mean, that's pretty cool. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like, well, when you boil Maleficent down to it, she cursed a baby because she didn't get an invite to a party. I mean, that's pretty extreme. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, I think she's, obviously, she's she's motivated by envy. She's motivated by the fact that she's not accepted by the rest of the kingdom. So she takes it out on the the child of, of, of the king of, of the monarch. So, um, yeah, she's motivated entirely by being pissed off that no one likes her. And she just has that presence as well. I mean, especially in the Angina Jolie um, film, which I quite enjoyed. Um, you know, she's got that sort of like really cool headpiece and she just looks very gothic and, you know, it's it's timeless. Um, I, well, you know, I used to love her as a kid as well. I think it was one of my favourite like kind of Disney villains when I was a child. So yeah, I've gone for her. How long was it before you realised that her name was Maleficent? I didn't realise until the movie came out. You know, oh, the, I knew. Uh, I always knew it was Maleficent, yeah. No, I didn't. Yeah. It was like, uh, oh, okay. So how did you feel about the movie and the fact that they try and make her a little bit more sympathetic, given that the backstory is a lot more tragic and mm. instead of it her just a, being someone that's evil? It was an interesting take on it. I mean, obviously her name by definition is is evil, um, but, you know, kind of being wronged by the king and, you know, the way he treated her and, you know, the, that sense of betrayal. It was, it was an interesting take on it. And I think, you know, you have creative license to do that when you're kind of working with an iconic character. You can do what you want, really. Um, I, I liked it. I, lots of people didn't, but I, I like a kind of origin story. You know, I mm. like sort of villain kind of why are they evil kind mm. of stories. <laughs> We're a bit tired now, but I like them. Yeah, yeah, I thought the first movie was good. I didn't think it needed a sequel. No, the second one wasn't great. I'm not going to lie. First one was good, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it was because it was so successful. That's why they did a sequel. It wasn't because of, uh, you know, adding, moving the story along. No, as such. no they didn't care Just about money, that. just <laughs> coins in the coppers and that. Indeed. Yeah. Go on then, Neil, you're number nine. So a lot of people will be shocked that this isn't higher, but Voldemort. That's my oh. number. That's my number eight. Is it? Yeah. Now the only reason I put him down the list, where he's very villainous and he's awful to Harry and he's awful to all the, you know, the Hogwarts and all those lot. He doesn't appear very much, does he, until the end, really? So I, I had to mark him down because, although he was in it, he wasn't in it. If you know what I mean, it became more. But he is yeah. what a swine he was, really. I mean, going after kids like that, wanting to kill a kid. Um, again, like you said, in in a cot, a baby in a cot. Although Harry had the powers to rebound it, mm. it's just a git, isn't he? A lizard-faced git. <laughs> yeah, he's an interesting one, isn't he? Because, like you said, he hasn't got a lot of screen time, but he's very much more like a legend. He's more like yeah. a, he 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 will he shall not be named. Sorry, um, you know, he's very much a, he's spoken about until obviously the, the latter films. Um, so yeah, he's more sort of like a thing that people like, like the boogeyman. That's right. Yeah, exactly like that. The wizarding well, I suppose boogeyman. You're right. You you don't get a lot of of him sort of doing mm. things. So I can understand why he's not higher. I also think he's his legend comes before him, doesn't it? That's that's the thing. Mm-hmm. Is everybody mm-hmm. is is scared of the legend of him, and then when they come across him, they are so shit scared that they don't. I mean, you look at um, I can always never forget Jason Isaac's character. Who was that? Um, 
Oh, Malfoy. Malfoy. Uh, it is Malfoy. Yeah, yeah Lord Malfoy, isn't it? I think. Yeah, yeah. It's not Malfoy. Draco because Draco is the son. Yeah, yeah. Lucy's Malfoy, isn't it? Yeah, Lucy's Yeah, that's it. Malfoy. Close to Hermione in the title. There you go. Yeah, he genuinely looks shit scared every time he's around him mm. and just doesn't yeah. know what to do. But I, yeah, for, for me, as Neil knows, I don't read many books, but I did read <laughs> Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows. I remember being at work and just reading it through my dinner time and the whole forest scene where Harry goes basically to die. Mm. It's, I mean, they did it really well in the movie. It's about as close as you can get from the book. And you genuinely felt that this was the culmination of all the movies and all the stories together. And, and that he is going to kill Harry, you know, it's, um, but he is, yeah, he's just a a snake nosed, Git or whatever you said yeah, he was. Now. <laughs> he hasn't got a nose. <laughs> oh, that's no, right. Exactly. He hasn't got a nose, indeed. Uh, right. My number nine is uh, is uh, Thanos. Oh, um, that's my number two. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, it isn't the fact uh, he's not charming, but the one thing about Thanos is when you look at his idea. It sounds horrible. That some some of it actually makes sense. Mm-hmm. Not not the mass genocide and and killing hat, but the fact that there isn't enough to go round. So, you know, if half of the universe wasn't around, it would be a more prosperous place for mm-hmm. everyone. But like a lot of people have said, when that film came out, and I love Avengers: Infinity War and Endgame, they are some of my favourite movies. But they said he has the gauntlet. Why doesn't he just make more food for everybody? Or why doesn't he just make more space for everybody rather than killing half of the people? Because he's got that power, surely, mm. with, with all of the Infinity Stones. I don't know. Because he's obsessed, isn't he? He's obsessed with Quest, exactly what you said in your own titles. If, when you watch Infinity War and Endgame, he's completely obsessed and nothing will stop him. So he will squash whatever's in his way, be it planets, spaceships, whole nations, everything, just to complete his quest. I his mean, he's daughter, ruthless. His, his own daughter. daughter, he is ruthless. Yeah. And that's why I put him so high. I mean, he really is a bastard. He is your full-on villainous bastard. He tries to, you know speak like you said and make it acceptable what he's doing he thinks he's justified but he's not is it he's completely i mean he's shit on everybody really even his own <laughs> people so yeah, yeah he's a he's a he, to me he's a really strong villain really strong villain um are you a, yeah. a marvel fan lucy i can <laughs> i can take it or leave it um, I loved um, I love the Avengers as a sort of as a franchise I think is that the, the right phrase I mean there's so many MCUs now but like as a yeah, sort yeah. of storyline if that makes sense I enjoy the Avengers as a collective um, so no end, end game I was it, it broke me that film it, it's it's devastating yeah <laughs> and I think like like you were saying um, about sort of his quest and he will stop at nothing he'll crush everybody that's why that's why the death count's so high in that film because mm. <laughs> and really high for a Marvel film correct me if I'm wrong but that was mm. I, I mean obviously aside from the obvious but like the, the ones we see on screen like that's a very high death count for, for a Marvel film um, yeah and, and a lot of yeah, a lot of a lot of big players as well. It's, I mean, I can remember when I went to see the see at the cinema Infinity War, and all of a sudden everybody started disappearing. It was genuinely shocking, yeah. and the fact that the final scene of that movie is Thanos looking out, looking out over his land with a smile on his face, like yes, I've done what I meant this to do. It. Yeah, 
what a down bit. I mean, that's like the mist style yeah. down beat ending. It's like, oh my God, it's like a kick in the crotch. Yeah. It really is. <laughs> As I'm, I'm sure, like obviously, as as comic book fans, um, you don't want to see characters that you love so much die like that. Exactly. You don't think mm. people like Iron Man is going to die. You don't think people, you know, obviously, big spoiler. Sorry. No, <laughs> that's fine. No. You don't think people of that status are going to die. So when Marvel pulls something like that, you're like, whoa, <laughs> it's nuts, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, like, absolutely. I mean, yeah, it starts and that way. I've seen like Wonder Vision as well. Like obviously, you have a thing with Vision as well. Like mm. it's it's you know Thanos and. Oh, it just it blows your mind. Even as someone who's not massive on them, I can mm. understand the impact it has on a fandom. Like that's insane. Like to have that. Like everyone talks about Thanos. He's everywhere. There's gifts of him. He's ruthless. Yeah, yeah. and it, like Pav said, he ta- he took out a lot of the big players. Mm. Genuinely took them out, didn't he? They yeah. will be no more. Yeah, so. and I'm, I'm definitely no expert, but from my understanding of him, he's quite the guy. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, if anyone that can uh, have a fight with the Hulk and and win, you know that he's he's just naturally strong anyway, whether he's got yeah. glove or not. Mm. Uh, right then, Lucy, you're number eight. Number eight. I'm finally getting into horror territory, which is my kind of thing. Uh, I've gone for uh, Ghostface from Scream, um, because it, it, we're talking like Scream One here because there's so many screams. I don't know if you guys have seen any of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Brilliant. I've just been recently rewatched them, ready for the new one. Oh, brilliant! Yeah, I'm really excited. Uh, so, yeah, Ghostface is basically at its core, Ghostface is two two idiot teenagers who took it too far. Basically, that's basically what it is. Mm. But to, to terrorize like Drew Barrymore's character like that in the opening scene, which is a fantastic opening scene. If people haven't seen it, it's probably my favorite horror opening of all time. It's absolutely fantastic. You know, to do something like that to to heckle someone, to you know, to 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 give them a quiz and then tell them they're wrong and then murder them and leave them outside their parents' house. I mean, come on, man! Like, you know, and they're kids, they're like teenagers. You know, there's people you walk past in the school hall. It's, you know, I know Wes Craven was trying to kind of satirize the horror genre with this, but Ghostface is is horrible. You know what it stands for? Kind of like, oh, we love horror movies, we love trivia. Meh, let's just wipe people off when, when they can't answer our questions. I mean, that's nuts, isn't it? Mm. <laughs> it is. It is. It is. And they are pathetic characters as well, like Stu and Billy. When you see them at the party when, when they're unmasked, they're, mm. they're pathetic. Yeah. <laughs> but, but they still achieve what they wanted to. I just, yeah. I, I love them. <clears throat> And I agree with you. I think it's one of the best 10 minutes opening ever. It's so tense and tall. Oh, I mean, yeah. you obviously you get used to it the more you watch it. But yeah. yeah, I can remember seeing that the first time at the cinema and thinking, Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. that's an opening. Yeah. But I think um, you said about Wes Craven, but I also think Kevin Williamson should get a huge shout out for his script because it mm. did redefine mm. horror films, didn't it? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, and I yeah. think... I always say to people, like, you know, if you're a horror fan, it's it's the kind of thing that, you know, there's a lot of sort of references to the genre. Like, you know, there's, mm. there's a Janet Aware in the Freddy Krueger, like, Jumper, for example, that's funny for us. But even if you're not a horror fan, it's such a good entry kind of drug mm. <laughs> because it's, you know, you've got the teen elements, you've got the, the horror comedy, you've got, you know, this badass central character in Sydney. It's, it's a great film. And mm. I think Ghostface is... When you have that reveal at the end, you know, I try to I try to keep my friends who haven't seen it away from the reveal because it kind of ruins it. Uh, when you realize it's two people, you're like, ooh, <laughs> it's really it's just so interesting. Like, not I don't think any other horrors have really kind of done that. No, for, to, no. To be straight up two people. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. yeah. I, can, I can remember going to the cinema and watching that, and it was like every five minutes we were going, "That's the killer," and it was like yeah. Henry Winkler, he's the killer. 
Mm-hmm. And then he and then he die. Oh shit! Okay then. Nah, she's yeah. the killer. And then she died. Oh, bollocks. Right, okay. And it kept you guessing all the way to the end, like you say. You know, but I think then as it gets to Scream 2 and Scream 3, you don't, I, I, well, me personally, you don't care so much about the story. You're trying to work out mm. who the killer is. And it sort of ends up becoming a bit of a game then. You're not watching what's going. It's the same as like Saw. Yeah. Saw became not what the story was, but how can they do more gross deaths? with weird implements you know it just ended up mm. that's what the story was about in the end um but that's a great one because the, the, the yeah. i think the first screen movie is one of i mean i can't believe i never put it in my top 10 horror films now thinking about it because yeah. i think it should have gone yeah, i've had a real blast watching them i mean they do dilute a bit as you go through the, yeah yeah the series but i think that's you know they even address it don't they so <laughs> yeah absolutely yeah yeah uh go on then neil then you're number eight so I've gone a Disney one as well, but I've gone for Scar from Lion King. He's a complete uh. bitch. <laughs> he is a complete <laughs> lion. Yeah, he, honestly, isn't he cruel? Um, I, I mean, it, it's got. I mean, when Mufasa dies, it still breaks my heart every time I watch it. And that's that's got to be a good film to be able to do that because normally you become none. Um, the way he rounds up the Nazi hyenas and everything, it's yeah, he's just a <laughs> full-on villain but i don't think the live version captured that at all at all i don't want to (laughs) it's not a bad movie the lion king you know the live why they call it a live action i don't know because it's all computer generated but um yeah he's not a patch jeremy Irons scar is the evilest bastard in the thing is that every line that jeremy Irons says there is a little twinkle of playfulness yeah there and i think Chiwetel Ejiofor is a great actor. He really, yeah, oh yeah. But he hadn't. It was done so flat. Mm. There was there was no charisma in it at all. I don't think in any of the the voices in the no. live action one. I watched it and really wished I could have had that two hours back because there was. <laughs> On or it, just was, put there, the, the cartoon on. Yes, yeah, there's no. I love the Lion King, the, the original cartoon. Yeah. so much emotion in it. Um, it but if you see it on stage, I mean, the guy, oh, it's, it's always done really well on stage, the scar, and he's a complete get in that. But like you said, it was just flat. Yeah. Um, Jeremy Irons, it's fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. Isn't he just? And like you were saying, it, it's his performance, his like, voice acting is so underrated. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Oh, like, yeah. yeah, yeah if yeah. you can nail an iconic voice, I mean, and, and he does, you know? Yeah. You, you you loathe an animated lion. That takes some doing. You know exactly. <laughs> exactly. But again, it is drawn the way that his voice sounds as well. Yeah. It's, it's, exactly. It's, it's, I don't know, it's almost... I was surprised that they were they didn't draw like a little kind of twirly moustache on Scar because <laughs> yeah. it's and a very yeah it's a very sort of old style movie villain yeah. you know it's sort of haha a top hat and a twirl on the moustache you know uh, right well my number eight was Voldemort so we've uh, we've uh, covered that so Lucy you're number seven all right first Bond villain of the <laughs> oh uh, Le Chiffre from Casino Royale. Um, and it's not, okay. It's not just because I love Martin Nicholson. I mean, I do. I mean, he can do anything. That guy is incredible. I just think, 
like you were saying earlier, Pav, it's the, it's the sort of the, the charisma, the sort of the, you know, he, again, he, he thinks what he's doing is is right and, and, and just, and well, maybe not just, but he thinks it's it's for the greater good. Yeah. He's just powerful. I mean, that film's incredible anyway, but he's just, he's amazing to watch. And I just, mm. like, I always watch that film and he like terrifies me. Like, you know, it's the first like top, like torture scene in like in James Bond as well. Like, it's pretty intense. You know, it's it's makes madness. every man in the cinema wince as well. Yeah, right, I can imagine. He's <laughs> yeah. just brutal, that guy. Mm. And I mean, who thought casino uh, scenes could be so intense? I mean, and he cries <laughs> blood as well, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah, it's just that is him, isn't it? I yeah, got that, that is him. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, it's been ages since I watched Casino Royale, but it's, I couldn't not put him in because mm. for me, I mean, I saw No Time to Die, and like Rami Malek's was okay. But he wasn't, he wasn't a patch on, like, Le Chief. I mean, mm. as far as the Daniel Craig era goes, like, he's my favourite. Um, I don't think anybody's really going to top him for me. So, yeah. I, I can't really say a lot about him because everyone knows he's brilliant. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. This is incredible. Like, yeah, he's he's the kind of the villain that you, you go back to watch Casino Royale to watch him, um, yeah. basically. <laughs> yeah. And I've forgotten about that... Um... The uh, what the chair, the, the chair, <laughs> scene. I've forgotten about that. But the thing is, like with the chief and with a lot of good movie villains, when you say that, apart from say Thanos, because Thanos looks like someone that can literally tear you limb from limb, yeah. yeah. But the chief is one of those ones that you look at and you think, Well, I could take him in a fight, he, I, you know, he there's you know, he, he bleeds out of his eyeballs for God's sake. I mean, he's already. <laughs> Already losing blood. All I got to do is make him cry, and he probably just die <laughs> anyway. But he's got that evil streak in him that you know he could probably be talking to you one minute, next minute, you know, stabbing you in the throat. Mm-hmm. You don't know what's going on in his mind. That I think is a, is the mark of a great and a lot of Bond villains are like that, aren't they? They're not particularly foreboding and menacing if you look at them, but it's what's happening in their brain, what they're thinking of doing. But they also have that psychotic undertone, don't they? Yeah, they exactly. always seem to have that. And it, his is superb. Yeah. You, you can see it in there, that little bit of madness coming through, which right. is always great. Yeah. yeah. It's the subtle hints that do it, you know, obviously. Mm. I do love more theatrical, more out there villains, but it, it is the subtleness that really gets me. And, and and the ones high up on my list without ruining anything not have that subtleness to them, which I quite enjoy. So, yeah. Right, okay. Uh, Neil, you're number seven is the Joker from 1989's Batman. I think it's the best incarnation. I've watched and watched. Even Joaquin Phoenix's Joker. I just think Mm. Jack Nicholson, from the beginning, obviously they changed a little bit the Batman lore and had him as Jack Napier kill uh, the the Waynes. It just leads through brilliantly. And it's Jack Nicholson's performance. I know it's complete pantomime, but what a relish of pantomime performance it is. I, I just still now think he is the best Joker. And even at the end, when the bell falls on him, you still have the laugh coming out. And yeah, yeah, he's perfect, perfect in every way, and completely psychotic and completely nuts. That what he does to his girlfriend, Jerry Hall. I mean, obviously, yeah, it's just wrong, 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 and mm. he seems to relish in it in every way. And the way he tortures Kim Bassinger without actually physically touching her, it's it, yeah, I love, I love his performance of the Joker. I have another Joker at six. Do you want me to leave it or should I do it uh, now? No, you can do it now. That's fine, yeah. yeah. Okay, so my version, I, I would say Heath Ledger is my favourite Joker. 
um, because they kind of go for a more um, darker approach. Mm. Like obviously you have the pantomime versus like kind of the bleakness, you know. I think both are good and I think both um, kind of reincarnations are, are a good thing, but I just... It, it's the pencil trick for me in the dark night. <laughs> Come on, man. I mean, seeing yeah. that in the cinema, I was like, it's the only like scene that's made me gone like, whoa. It's like, mm. did that just happen? Like in a 12 rated Batman film, like Jesus Christ, yeah. that's brutal. And I love the way he tells the story every time of how he got his scars. It changes every time he tells it mm-hmm. as well. I, so I, which ones are real, you know? Yeah. Mm. And I think the Joker as a sort of concept is, is great because it's just pure anarchy, isn't it? Mm. It's my only... Just sorry, Lucy. I was no, going to say my only problem with that, my to me, is he goes out, and this is more Nolan's fault than Heath Ledger's. <laughs> he goes out on such a damp squib. He really does at the end of the movie to me, right. just hanging around upside down. I, I yeah. don't know. I, I was expecting more of a set piece and and, and so you ever else think that was a, that was with the intention that they were going to bring him back for another movie? Quite possibly, quite possibly. But you should never. You know, to me, you should never do that. I mean, Joker's been killed a million times and always come back. Yeah. I mean, the one thing about... They're both... I was going to say the I word then. (laughs) Um, And they're both very, very different portrayals of the same character. Mm. But the the thing I find that's the, the link between them is they were both given that character and almost like, go and do what you can do with it. Mm. You know what I mean? They were they were given free reign to go and do what they want. It, they're, but they're one's a cartoon and one, like you said, Lucy, is more based in reality, if you like. Yeah. Um, but both, I mean, I was going to say that they are fantastic performances. I haven't got the Joker in my top ten, um, and I don't know which out of those two which would be my favourite. I really don't mm. because for the for different reasons, they're both fantastic performances mm. um, and a great character uh my number seven is hannibal lecter he's my number three. <laughs> Ooh, i'm not allowed to say what mine is i'm okay <laughs> <Not You're> <laughs> <laughs> um everyone knew that anyway <laughs> yeah i don't think there's anything that can be said about i was watching a few clips of um of anthony hopkins as hannibal lecter today and you forget that he is this this awful, awful serial killer because he is in the same part charming as he is creepy mm-hmm. and and just gets under your skin. Um, but an absolute classic movie villain mm. in, in every illustration that you've had, not just the Hannibal Lecter versions. Um mm. I mean, I, I can probably understand that it's Mads Mikkelsen again, although that's TV. But yeah. um, I, 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 another book I actually read, I actually read Hannibal when it came out. And then watching the film, the film was a little bit disappointing. But yeah. it was because the reason it was passable to watch was because of Anthony Hopkins, was because yeah. of Hannibal Lecter. Um, yeah, and it was always a shame Jodie Foster didn't return. To it me. Was, it was. sort of detracted you from it, didn't it? But it did. Yeah, his performance in Silent Lambs. I'd actually. This is really. It was really bizarre because I just finished reading Silence of the Lambs when I read that they were about to make it. Obviously, that was when Gene Hackman was all involved in it before Anthony Hopkins, and then it came out. And I have to say, it's one of the closest adaptations I think there's ever been of a book. That's fantastic. Because it's like all the shots of him stood behind the glass door, Mig's next door to him and everything like that. 
yeah, uh, but oh, he's scary, scary. The way he's not, you know, he knows that she's coming almost, but how? He's just stood at the glass waiting for her when she first turns up. And I don't think he's ever been as villainous and as creepy as he is in Silence of the Lambs. But I'd also honourably like to mention Brian Cox's version of Manhunter. Yeah. Because I think, you know, that's another version that's different to Anthony Hopkins. It's not so performed. No. It's very cold. If you watch it now, it is really cold. You can actually picture him eating on people and that. It's, yeah. Yeah. And to be fair, the bit that I find the most creepy, it's none of the bits or anything like that. It's when Jodie Foster gives him the information of like the... The Buffalo Bill, isn't it? I think. Yeah. And he he looks at Jodie Foster and like licks his thumb while he's turning the page over and gives yeah. her this sly little smile. That is fucking chilling. It is. She, yeah. He um he he winks at her. Yeah. Mm. Um. And I, you've read the book, Pab. I mean, have you? Yeah. You both read the book, right? The Silence of Lambs. Yeah. Have you read Hannibal. Times. Hannibal. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Right. So in in Hannibal, obviously, there's the illusion that that those two who go up at the end, which is. I quite like it. It's a strange thing to get your head around, but, mm. you know, I think it was kind of a long time coming. But, no, I just think, oh, I mean, he is my top one. I mean, I'm probably just going to ruin it now. But yeah. everyone knows this about me. It's my favourite film of all time. I love, it's the best mm. film. Um, oh, the stuff Hannibal does, though. I mean, but but you, you kind of support him at the same time, which is bizarre, right? But, yeah, yes, you want him to get away almost. Who, who's willing to bite someone's face off and wear it to escape. Mm. Like, come on. Yeah. You know, the things that he does, I mean, you know, it's traced back to childhood trauma. He believes that he's eaten people because, you know, that's the right thing to do when they're rude and, and he'd rather rebuild them into something else. It's, oh, he's, he's brilliant. I mean, Thomas Harris has created an absolute psychopath here, but yeah. he's, he's, he's gone down in history. He's, he's, he's on all the top lists. You'll find him yeah. there. And oh, one of the greatest final lines of a movie from Silence of the Lambs oh, I'm having a friend for dinner mm. and, and like you say if that had been anybody else in the movie you'd have been horrified but because yeah. it was I can't remember the name of the character you think that's that's who I want you to kill I want you to kill that slimy yeah. Yeah. You want yeah. him to die. <laughs> want him to die and then you think I'm gonna admit that then I'm on the side of a serial killer like this this absolute monster yeah. Okay, uh, right. So that was number seven. I've said my number seven. Um, Lucy, your number six was the Joker. Yes. Uh, Heath Ledger. Uh, so Neil, your number six. Was Again, it might be classed as a monster. I don't think it is. Freddy Krueger. Mm. He's uh, attacking t- kids in their dreams and they're waking up really what, dying. You don't think he's a monster? No, no, he is. Oh, but, right. Uh, you know, I didn't. A lot of people said to me, that's not just a movie villain, that's a movie monster. And I said, no, I don't think he is. I think he's a villain. Oh, because he's a, he's a person, well. isn't yeah, he? Sure, of course. Yeah. He's not a physical. Well, he is a monster, but he's yeah, trying to explain it. But when you think about what he did beforehand, as a as a, a human and at the school and uh, what he was doing to those poor kids yeah. is horrific. And the exactly. Fact that, yeah, and then he comes back in their dreams, which is a great, great movie twist because I don't think it's ever been done before. It's probably been recreated many, many times since. But I genuinely found him. The first time I watched Nightmare on, um, on Elm Street, my parents rented me the copy i must have been about 13 or 14 and watched it with them and i was terrified yeah as we were we all were Mm. and it you know when you go down into the the basements and she's being chased in the dreams and his arms i mean it may have dated a bit now well it has dated um 
But it's still quite creepy. It's when he has the elongated creepy. arms and he's, he's like yeah. going down and it's yeah, his 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 razors are like scraping the sides of the, oh, which puts the alleyway. Anyway. That was the bit, but you watch it now and you sort of laugh at it. But yeah. oh yeah, that was I mean the worst bit's the telephone. That tongue yeah, just yeah, looks yeah. terrible now when it comes out of the telephone. Yeah. But the bit but in the bar. Oh, the bit in the bath was yeah. terrifying. That shot, yeah. Oh, it's great. It's like Jaws in a bath, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. It's the but, ultimate yeah. sort of like home invasion because you can't escape it. Like it's in yeah. your head. Yeah. Like, right. The ultimate invasion of privacy right there. Yeah. And I would highly recommend anybody who's got Netflix to watch the movies that made us and watch the Nightmare yes. on Elm Street one because it's really fascinating how much trouble they had getting that made mm. and everything. So, yeah, but what a villain. What and Johnny, a villain. Johnny Depp. Yeah, Johnny very Depp young Johnny Depp. Very Jack. young Johnny Depp, wasn't it? Mm. And was obviously it? a very link to Scream, the Johnny Depp and Nancy relationship, obviously mirrors the Scream relationship. Yep. Mm. Nice. It all... Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Comes round in the end, doesn't it? Oh, it does. Uh, right, my number six is Daniel Plainview from There Will Be Blood. No. Mm. Um, I don't think you can class him as a charming man. No. Uh, definitely not. Um, but he's somebody that on the outside just looks like a businessman. Mm. Um, but he's far from a... And again, somebody that is completely has tunnel vision. All he wants to do is make money and he will use uh, one of his dead friend's children to prove to make it look like he's got a family to further that and to mm. just tuck everybody up to make deals with other people that makes other people bankrupt or just lose their oil or whatever 
right to the very end. Um, I drink your milkshake. Um, the milkshake fan. All of that. The the irony of the fact that he is shouting at his deaf son that yeah, you know, just a bastard in a basket, and his son can't hear the words because he's walking away. Um, it's a fantastic movie, anyway. The first twenty minutes where there's absolutely no dialogue no, at nothing all. Nothing at all, is it? And it's just him finding. I don't know whether it's gold or, or whatever it is. Or is it oil in, in in that first yeah. um dig that he's doing? But it's it's and again, Daniel Day Lewis. I don't think I've ever seen him do a, a bad movie. Mm. Uh it's just a fascinating character. It's it's layered, has different nuances, but in the end, he becomes what he hates and the fact that he's alone at the mm. end, you know, and the fact that he he kills um, Paul Dano's character at the end, and when his butler comes up and says, "You know, are you okay?" He says, oh, "I'm finished." And that means so many different things. Mm. Uh, but yeah, I I just love that. I love that movie. That, that is Daniel Day Lewis. I cannot genuinely think of anybody I could think could do that role. Daniel no. Day Lewis seems to be the only person. Yeah. And he mesmerising to watch. Isn't he just he? is. I don't know what it is about him. Mm. I mean, I know he's obviously a very good actor. Obviously, Amazing I mean actor. that. Yeah, but there, but you see him or in was. that. Yeah. Oh yeah, you see him in that, and then you see him in say Lincoln, and it looks like two completely different people. Mm. You don't think that it's the same person that's doing it, or and then any other movie that he's been in. I've Have not... you seen the Phantom Fred thread yet? No. Yeah, he's amazing in that. So watchable. He really is. Just amazing. Yeah. Okay, then. Right, so we're down to number five. So, Lucy, what's your number five? Uh, Darth Vader. Okay, that's my number three, Darth Vader. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, come on. It's Darth Vader. It's the, you know, the Imperial March, the, you know, the, the tragic backstory, the insidious sound and breathe and why would you not put him on the list i mean come on uh even if you haven't seen star wars everybody knows darth vader and that is the mark of a good villain yeah. like you could say to anybody on the street you know darth vader they'd be like yeah <laughs> you know what i mean like yeah. everybody knows him and you know when you find out the truth you do kind of feel sorry for him mm. but by this mm. point he's too far gone mm. and obviously the, the revelation you know all this time that luke is his son is it tugs at your heartstring, but at the same time, you kind of like, I can't like this person. Mm. And like, who the, you can like Anakin, but you can't like Darth Vader, if that makes sense, because he's just too far gone at this point. And it's kind of like a tragic fall from grace. And that's kind of why I like him, because he started off good and then it gradually went to shit, <laughs> if that makes sense. It's, you know, it's, I mean, it's hard to sum Darth Vader up because everybody knows who he is, but it's just the presence of him is is, is incredible. And, I mean, he had to come on here. Yeah, so he's number five. Yeah, I mean, the reason I he's not my number one is because the two ahead, I feel, are better TV vill- uh, movie villains. Sorry, mm. but the whole story of of Darth Vader, like you say, I think is it's tragic mm-hmm. because he doesn't turn out. I think you could easily have the Emperor. You could have Emperor Palpatine uh, in your top ten. But he is evil from the start. He is another one that his vision is that he wants to take over the universe or the galaxy. Anakin doesn't start off like that. He starts off where he's part of this prophecy that he's supposed to unite the force and all of uh, all of that kind of stuff. 
and he, like you say, he ends up where he becomes misguided. He ends up going just down that route. And when he ends up to making that final step, <clears throat> then you know he's too far gone. And is there going to be redemption? Obviously, in Return of the Jedi, there is, finally, but it's too late for him. Yeah. Um, so he's, I think the reason I would have chose I chose him over, say, Emperor Palpatine is because he's, his arc is a lot more tragic and a lot different to say Emperor Palpatine. He was always going to be the Emperor. He was always going to be somebody that was going to, going to be the top dog, if you like. Mm. Anakin had so many choices and so many decisions to make that made him Darth Vader. I'm really interested to see what they're going to do in the Obi-Wan Kenobi series on Disney Plus because Darth Vader's in that. Mm. And I really don't want them to retcon because the idea is that when New Hope comes up. He hasn't been in front of Obi Wan Kenobi since they were on Mustafar, you know, and he lost his limbs. But by the looks, it looks like they get together and have another fight in the Obi Wan Kenobi movie. And that I'm going to be interested just to see in what context that is, because I don't want them to retcon it so it ends up where they were fighting every five minutes. You know, mm. that was that was the big fight. So it, that's going to be interesting for me. But oh yeah. And I mean, it's a tough act to follow, you know, when, when you've seen him on screen so many times to, to do it again. Yeah. Like, you know, the fans are going to expect a lot from Disney Plus. And I absolutely. hope we get that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That's what I'm going to say about that, yeah. Yeah. Go on then, Neil, you're number five. Hans Gruber. Okay. <laughs> Die Hard. Uh, Alan Rickman, I think, is his most, his best villainous role. Mm-hmm. Um, you may argue Robin Hood. I think that's more pantomime villain. He is cold. He is a thief, not a terrorist. Um, yeah, I just, I love Alan Rickman's Hans Gruber. Clay, Bob Clay. <laughs> you think of all of that, it's, it's, it's just genius. He think, thought on his feet, feet so quickly. And yeah, you don't root for him at all, do you? At yeah. all. But yeah, he's my number five. It's a great one. It's a great choice. Is he not in your next three, Lucy? He's not, but Ooh. I kind of regret that now. <laughs> okay. Like I say, I have uh, a list of mentions that I could have put in. Yeah. Okay. Oh, that's, but that's we, we've enough. spoken about a villain being cold. He's cold. The way he executes the um, the, mm. the uh, CEO of the Nakatomi building is mm. brutal. It is really brutal. I think with someone like Gruber as well, like it doesn't matter how many times you watch this film, because I watch it every single Christmas, I'm not even joking, every single Christmas you even put it on, because it's my, it's my tradition. Yeah. And it's, it's still watchable, it's still great, it's yeah. still iconic, I keep saying that word, but it is. Like You don't get yeah. bored of it, and that's kind of the, the mark of a good villain, that you know you know all the lines, you know what he's going to do, you know how he dies, but you still watch it. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's great. And, and he's, he's one of those, what I call a charming movie villain. You oh, yeah. you could easily want to be him. Mm. Um, I'm not going to say too much though, just to show my hand. Really, All right. Uh, Did you stage. notice? Yeah, I might have done that before as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so that's your number five. My number five is the Terminator. Mm-hmm. Uh, if there is any movie villain that has a blinkered vision of what they are going to do. It's the Terminator it, and, from the original uh, movie. I take yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm going to go T100. No, it's the T800. I think. Is it? Yeah, the T. You know, it's T1000 in. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Terminator um, too. Yeah. I think I think it's Carl Reese that says to Sarah Connor, says, you know, he will not stop 
That is the thing. It doesn't matter what you do. It doesn't matter where you go. He, you know, whether you, you, he will not sleep. He will not stop. And that vision of fighting against something like that, that it doesn't matter how tired you are, this thing will constantly be on your ass mm. every minute of the day until he fulfills his, what he has to do. His program. He apps and there's no again. It's like there's nothing that you can do. It's like you think, well, oh, maybe I can reason with him. Maybe you know I could, you know, mm. sort of give him some money or so. There's nothing you can do. No, he will not stop until he kills you because that is what is programmed in his head. I mean, I'm going to get a lot of flack, but I actually think the Terminator, the original one, is better than T2. I much prefer it because I prefer it as a villain rather than the good guy. Yeah. you know the fact that like you said when i first watched that on vhs it was terrifying mm. you know he, you know you thought we'd blown him to pieces and he comes wandering out as that skeleton you know that iron skeleton <laughs> and he's still trying to get when he's lost all the limbs and dragging through that tunnel yeah he's a, he's a terrifying guy and in fact i wish i put him on my list <laughs> <laughs> i'd forgotten him i'm surprised yeah i suppose he's not on 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 your list there, Neil. Obviously. Yeah, no, I, 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 for some reason, you, you, I, to me, I was thinking T2, oh, he's just a good guy, and he, all the other Terminators, he's a good guy, and not thinking about the original, and the original's the best movie. Mm. Yeah. Fuck you, asshole. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I love yeah. that bit. Uh, right then, Lucy, you're number four. Number four is uh, my um, favourite horror franchise in the world, and we have kind of touched on it, is, um, is Jigsaw from the Saw franchise. Um, and I'm, I've gone with Jigsaw for a couple of reasons, and I'm, I'm not going to bore you to death. I'll, I'll keep it short. Um, number one, he tries to convince you as an audience that what he's doing is, is right. He thinks that he's fixing people. He thinks that people are being punished in these horrific ways because they don't deserve to live. Like, his motto is cherish your life and, mm. you know, sort of... You know, if if you then survive this horrible situation, he's put you in. You're like reborn. That's kind of how he sees it. Um, secondly, that horrible look looking puppet that he uses. I mean, you know, horror villains and any kind of villain needs some sort of you know, like Darth Vader's got his mask, Hannibal's got his mask, Ghostface's got his mask, <laughs> Jigsaw's got his puppet, uh, Billy, who was actually made for his son, which is terrifying. Um, yeah, he's he's evil through and through, and he was never going to stop until he died. Um, mm. yeah, and he's human. He's a hundred percent human. He's a he's a dying cancer patient, mm. you know. And he can still do all this. Like he has, you know, he's not Thanos. He hasn't got superpowers, he, but he, he can put people in in a life or death situation. He, he's he's horrible, but at the same time, I could probably defend him if I was kind of asked to. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Mm. Yeah, I, I don't know if, if how clued up you guys are on the Saw franchise, but it's. The first three movies for me, I sort of gave up after the fourth. Yeah, (laughs) the fourth when it just got silly. But that first movie, watching Mm. that at the cinema for the first time, having no idea that that was him led down there all the time. And it opens with the key going down the drain, doesn't it, as well? And you're like, what's that all about? And the way it twists. It was genius because you didn't really look at the guy that was led there no because i thought i don't know about you guys but for me it was like would i cut my leg off to get away you know would i cut my foot off to get away and then you're, you're constantly thinking that in your head mm. you don't yeah. think about the dead body or the, the body that's like there so when he 
gets up, you think, fuck, I didn't even yeah. think of that. Yeah. Oh my God. Um, and again, I think they were like diminished returns for everyone that sort of mm. happened after it. But again, the first movie, I don't think there was anything. And that voice. Yeah. And the, yeah, exactly the voice. And, and the, the pig mask. Yeah. I find that terrifying. You know, the mask, the pig mask. Well, the pig masks, yeah. 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 They're all, oh. That's yeah, a that great gives me yeah. the creeps now. Great work. But that's Danny Glover, yeah. isn't it? I, I completely forgot until I watched it, written, well, not so long ago, yeah, that Danny, Danny Glover Wahlberg was even in it. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then wasn't it Donnie Wahlberg in one of the sequels? Yeah, he was in Donnie the second Wahlberg one. In the second one, yeah. The second one. Which has one of the most nasty bits in. <laughs> yeah, there's some, there's, some, there's some nasty bits in those. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's yeah. kind of part of the reason, though, isn't it? Because if someone can go to that length to torture someone, I mean... Jesus yeah, Christ. exactly, exactly. Yeah, but exactly. then again, like you say, he's a dying cancer patient. He's got nothing to lose. Mm. That's he, it. He's got he's lost everything, so he he thinks that he's some sort of like what's the word like profit almost that he can sort of be like, oh well, you've now sort of you know cut your leg off, so you're now reborn. It's it's very biblical. It's very egotistical. It's very disturbing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Very. And even the jigsaw thing um, was because if people failed the traps, he would cut a piece into them to um, symbolize they had a piece missing. Mm. Um, that was kind of his trophy. It's very disturbing. It yeah, is. yeah, yeah. It is if you, yeah. yeah, if you think. But about it. I thoroughly recommend anybody that hasn't seen the first Saw mm. movie, although we probably ruined it a little bit for you. Know? <laughs> <laughs> I, would, I would recommend going to see it definitely. The Absolutely. same as yeah, the first Scream movie, mm-hmm. first Paranormal Activity was one that I thought I genuinely was on the edge of my seat for because I didn't mm-hmm. know what was going on. You know, yeah, it's that all the firsts of these movies are the ones to go and see because again Absolutely. they start becoming fresh, very, yeah, because they come yeah. samey when it's number two, three, mm-hmm. four, and they're just trying to make money out of it. Blair Witch Project, another one is the one mm-hmm. you know you don't yeah. know what's going on. Uh, Neil, you're number four. It is uh, the Emperor. Good old Palpatine. He oh, is a good right. villain. He's um. <laughs> To me, well, nasty. I might forget him in Rise of Skywalker and we'll just go back to him being the Emperor and forcing uh, Luke and Vader to fight and Luke to overpower and kill him. He was he was enjoying that, wasn't he? He was almost orgasmic when all that's going on. Ian McDermott's performance, he's nearly um, creaming his knickers. <laughs> he really is, if you watch it. I mean, he's he completely made him a pantomime in that one, but... From Empire Strikes Back, he becomes this sort of entity that you know is controlling Vader. He's controlling everything that's going on. He is like what all the James Bond villains really wanted to achieve. He's actually done it. And, um, yeah, he's he's a nasty git. Nasty git. (laughs) Although he does look like Ron Atkinson a bit (laughs) in um, Return of the Jedi. No, Revenge of the Sith. Revenge of the Sith, yeah. He really does, but... Yeah, he's a nasty git, isn't he, with his big cloak? Are you talking about the Emperor or Ron Atkinson now? Both. <laughs> both. Put them both in the same bracket. Okay, then. Uh, all right, my number four is someone that you mentioned earlier on, Neil. Uh, it's the Sheriff of Nottingham. Ah. Um, I, I love Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. It's, mm-hmm. it's got a very special place in mine and my wife's uh, heart when we were when we were dating, when we were oh. courting back in the day. And when the, the Brian Adams song was playing in the cinema, we were the only ones in the cinema, so he was having a dance in the aisles while the song was going on. Oh, dear, those days are 16 weeks of that song, <laughs> number know. one. <laughs> I know. And, and you're absolutely right. It's a complete cartoon um, performance. 
but it is so, and it's so over the top, but it is fantastic. And the yeah. fact that I think it was said that Kevin Costner pulled back on some of the Sheriff of Nottingham's um, lines because he was stealing the show. Um, and you can understand, totally understand why. Mm. You know, he's another one that took his role and just went with it. But so instead of like playing it at like six or seven, played it at like 95 out of 10, yeah. <laughs> completely over the top. Um, and again, I think he's so watchable in that. Mm. Even his death, even his death is just like so over the top. And it's almost like there's a bit in the time when he's dying, he's he's getting to the window and he's like been stabbed. You almost feel like there's a bit that they cut out where he looks at the camera and goes, oh, and then dies. And you just feel like maybe that was a bit that like Kevin Costner went, no, let's not have that in. Um, yeah, Probably but I love worth. that movie. But a great line. And cancel Christmas. Yes, exactly, yes. <laughs> or I'm going to cut his heart out with a spoon. Yeah, yeah. Some great lines, and it really is a pantomime villain. So, yeah, And then, well, The other one was, you, my room, six o'clock. You, 6.30, bring a friend. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Yeah, some great lines in that, some great lines. So good. Do you so think good. that was written, or do you think Rickman got to improvise a bit? It wouldn't because... surprise me if it was an improvised mm. line, but yeah. there, there's, there's quite a few good lines like that, but it's like, all of the good lines went to the sheriff of Nottingham. It was yeah, like, yeah, that, that's what it was there for. Mm. Uh, right, Lucy, you're number three. Number three, uh, we're back to Stephen King. Um, I've gone for Margaret White in Carrie. So Carrie, Carrie White's mother. Yeah. Um, just which of incarnation? Yeah. <laughs> which version of her? Oh, there's two. sorry, yes. Um, the, oh my gosh, what's her name? Piper oh, Laurie. The, the original one. Yeah. Yeah, P- Piper Laurie, isn't it? Thank you, Piper Laurie. Yes, yeah, yes, the original one. Uh, I mean, Julianne Moore did a good job. I'm not going to lie, mm. but Piper Laurie was just she was that level of again. It's the it's the kind of the <laughs> the sort of over the topness of the 70s. Um, they're very much the, the the hysteria. You know, when she's getting hit mm. by the knives, it's very out there. But at its core, like it's religious fundamentalism to the point where you would be willing to like kill your own daughter. I mean, it's it's a lot. You know what mm. I mean? And like Carrie, bless her, like she's, you know, she didn't really do anything wrong and she was completely tormented to the point where she unlocked like these powers and like murdered her whole school, basically. Um, but but fundamentally, but she's not the villain of the piece, which is nuts. It's actually her mother who mm. is because, you know, despite Carrie's kill count, it's Margaret that's sort of ruined her life, basically. Mm. You know, she can't behave. She can't be a woman. She can't go and see boys without being berated. She can't even have a period without her being like, oh, it's the devil. Like, it's it's terrifying. It really you know? is. Especially as a woman, like, to think about these things. You know, if I'd been, like, you know, repressed in that way, that's that's terrifying. You know, it's... Yeah. I still think so it's the scariest it. part of the movie is when she goes home and her mum yeah. comes out. It literally, I, it that's puts it. the hairs on the back of my neck up still. The like, way Piper Laurie did it. Yeah, it's terrifying. I, I need to see that. I've I've not seen that film for years. I need mm. to see it again. I really do. I mean, it's very seventies, very seventies, it but it still packs a punch, a lot oh, more than the remake did. Yeah, they lost that punch a bit to me. And like you said, Julianne Moore was very good, and so was Chloe Moretz, whatever her name was, mm-hmm. is now. Um, she, yeah, it just didn't have that edge. Like I said, when she goes home to see her mum. That's always the bit I'm like, no, don't go home. Just run away. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> oh, I think it, it takes a lot. And I think it's the only person on the list, to my knowledge, 
that would like hurt their own. Actually, no, there's, there's a few that would hurt children, but you know, it, 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 you're supposed to, you know, love your mum as a young girl. But there's just absolutely no mother daughter relationship there mm. at all. It's very cold, very sacrificial. It's 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 not right. And I think she's written brilliantly. I've read the novel as well, which is tiny, tiny for Stephen King. It's a, one of the smallest things he's written. Mm. Uh, and it's yeah, she's she's a great character, but God, she scares the shit out of me. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm with you on that. I'm with yeah. you on that. The mother from hell. Mm. Uh, right then. Uh, so Neil, you said for number three, Hannibal Lecter. That's right. Uh, I said Darth Vader for number three. So Lucy, it's back to you with your number two. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So we mentioned Hannibal earlier. Um, the film. I've gone for Mason Verger. Uh, because God, this guy's a bastard, isn't he? Mm. I mean. He's a paedophile. That's you know he is. Um, yeah. He drinks children's tears. Uh, he, I believe, he raped his own sister. If that's right, he's that's he's right. a he's horrible. And yeah. and you just think the way that Gary Oldman plays him as well. He's this disfigured, disfigured. Sorry, mess. Thanks to thanks to Lecter. You know he did that to him. Yeah. Uh, but but the funny thing is, you can kind of excuse Hannibal's actions because you're like this guy does not deserve anything really I mean who does that mm. you know it, it's it's the epitome of someone who has so much wealth to the point they'll do whatever the hell they want for their own gratification there is absolutely no redeeming factors to Mason Berger at all and that's why he's my favourite Hannibal villain like, even above Buffalo Bill yeah. yeah I think to some extent you can well I mean Buffalo Bill's complicated because you know he, he has this kind of deep ingrained struggle with his identity whereas Berger mm. is just pure evil so it's very hard to sympathise with him at all and the fact he gets joy out of watching the pigs slowly eat a person as well. Mm-hmm. He trains yeah. them to eat people. I mean, That's on. it, starves yeah. them up, doesn't he? It's a lot. <laughs> yeah, but Gary Oldman, again, what a performance that oh, was. It's so unrecognisable, obviously, mm-hmm. under all that makeup, but just mm-hmm. creepy the way he did his voice and the... Oh, it's... Yeah. 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 But it's another one of those things of... of you have not you don't have sympathy for Hannibal Lecter, but you can understand his actions. Mm. And you you almost condone his actions because the person that he's hurting is worse than Hannibal Lecter. So it almost makes it like two wrongs make a right kind yeah. of <laughs> when it's all murder, it's all disfigurement, it's all horrible stuff being done to a human being, but you sort of compartmentalize it in the fact that Hannibal, this guy is just that little bit worse than Hannibal. So you want him to do it. You feel like it's okay for him to do it. It's yeah. I mean, actually, no, slight correction there. I got that wrong. It's actually Hannibal tells him to peel off his own face. That's that's, that's... So he doesn't even harm him. He tells him to do it because he puts Mm. him, I think he feeds him with like drugs or something and then tells him to do it. Yeah. Um, Jesus. It's a dark series, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's an incredible series. Like it's it's a brilliant like series of novels. But when you when you talk about it, you're like, my God, this character's yeah. awful. Yeah. But that that's why he's so high up though, Mason, because there's literally no redeeming qualities at all. It's just mm. pure evil. Mm. Absolutely. Uh right, Neil, you said Thanos for your number two. I did. Uh my number two, now this might shock you, but my number two. <laughs> Is Jenny from Forrest Gump? Oh, really? <laughs> I've I've never okay. known a more evil woman than Jenny from Forrest Gump. My God, Forrest Gump is one of the most um, sort of nicest characters in a movie ever. You know, she asks him to run when he's a, you just if whatever happens in Vietnam, run. 
But the way she treats Forrest uh, throughout the whole movie, she uses him for whatever she wants. She could have had a perfect life with Forrest. And I know that she probably didn't love him or whatever, but she had to go off and do what she wanted to get away from abusive father. That's fair enough. But she, she used him to the fact that she used him to, to get a baby. Mm-hmm. She also went, when she realizes that she's sick, that's when she decides to reach out to Forrest and go back and, and say, and then they get married. And I've, I love Forrest Gump as a movie. I think it's a fantastic movie. I've always loved it. Uh, I love eating at Bubba Gumps whenever I get a chance to eat at Bubba Gumps. But it always sticks in my... Just I don't know. There's something... It gets under my skin every time I see her. And I think you are just one of the most evil people I've ever seen in movies. You know, right up to the fact that you, you give Forrest what he wants. All he wants to do is... That's my Jenny... He he loves Jenny so much. You finally get married, and then she dies. So he, you know he's, he's just left on his own again. I think you bitch. I mean, for God's sake, you could have had years and years with him. You could have been so happy there, just him there on his little ride along lawnmower. <laughs> Off he goes. Oh, I, uh, yeah. Do you not think that it's not her and it's her addiction that causes the problem? I don't know. <laughs> I, just, I, just, yeah, I mean, uh, if you look at it deeply, then yes, probably. And I'm probably being very, very nasty to Jenny because she probably had, she, she did have a lot of problems in her life. She did. Um, but she even tells Forrest to leave her alone because of it. I know. You're not going to change my mind, Neil. No. She's horrible. She's a horrible, well, horrible person. No, I get, I get your logic. And, you know, and, and yeah. Paul Forrest, all he wanted was, you know, he didn't want to run across the country, but it was because she left him thinking that he'd done something wrong. He all he decided, Yeah, all he decided to do, you know, was run. Yeah. And wherever he was going, I was running, he said. Bless him. <laughs> But her most villainous thing, you're quite right, is not telling him that she had a, he had a child. Yes. No, and until it was too late, until yeah. like she said, you know, she finally introduces him to his son, and then oh, by the way, Forrest, I'm sick. Oh, are you? Okay. But she did she do that because she wasn't originally going to got sick and she wanted to make sure that his son was safe. Stop trying to defend Jenny. Will I'm just you, for putting God's it sake. out there. I'm just putting it out there. I really am. Just putting it out there. You're on the side of evil, Neil. Stop it. I am evil. <laughs> it's always interesting to have one that's a little bit more off piece, though, isn't it? Because, mm. like, in all seriousness, like, you know, we've gone for some really nasty, nasty people, but like, sometimes human evil can be very evil. Yeah. yeah. Manipulation. Like, I think yeah. you've, got a, you've got a point. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, like, you definitely have you know, got a point, Pam. Th- there's evil in, in all sorts of them, different mm. characters, which is why it makes them so interesting. I think it's the fact that you you juxtapose the fact that Forrest is nothing but nice to people. Yes. And protective to her as well. Yeah, but he sees the niceness in everybody. Mm. Whereas Jenny just like obviously wants to be, it's it's just about her. And it's understandable yeah. because she's come from a a relationship with her dad that has been abusive in so many different ways Mm. so you can understand the fact that she probably doesn't trust people and as a as a viewer of the movie you can see that forrest is the perfect person for her he will look after her he's got 
you know, he's obviously well off, if you like. He's got money. There's nothing that she wouldn't ever need because Forrest would supply that for her, you know. <laughs> but you see that as, you know, you want them to be together. It's just whenever I watch it, it, it almost feels like she's manipulating him to get what she wants at that particular time. But Yeah. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm not. Email us if you want to tell me that I'm wrong. <laughs> be but, nice. <laughs> yeah. don't, don't yell at them. <laughs> be, be like Forrest. Don't be like Jenny is what I'm saying. Yeah. Anyway, uh, right then, Lucy, before you give us your number one, would you like to run through your 10 to 2? Yes. So um, number 10 was Percy Wetmore from The Green Mile. Uh, number uh, nine, sorry, was Maleficent from Sleeping Beauty. Uh, eight was Ghostface from Scream. Seven was Le Chief from Casino Royale. Six was the Joker I put in brackets, Heath Ledger edition. <laughs> uh, five was Darth Vader from Star Wars, obviously. Uh, four was Jigsaw. Uh, three was Margaret White from Carrie. And two was Mason Verger from Hannibal. Lovely. Neil, you're 10 to 2. 10 to 2 is uh, number 10 is Dracula, number 9 Voldemort, number 8 Scar from the animated Lion King, number 7 Jack Nicholson's Joker, number 6 Freddy Krueger, number 5 Hans Gruber, number 4 The Emperor, number 3 Hannibal Lecter and number 2 Thanos. Thank you. My 10 is number 10 Hans Lander from Inglorious Bastards, 9 Thanos, 8 Voldemort, Seven, Hannibal Lecter. Six, Daniel Plainview from There Will Be Blood. Five, The Terminator. Four, Sheriff of Nottingham from ha- uh, I'll say Harry Potter and the Prince of Thieves. That's not right, is it? <laughs> Harry Potter and the Prince of Thieves. Ah, mixing up the franchises. <laughs> Sheriff of Nottingham from Robin Hood and the Prince of Thieves. Uh, number three, Darth Vader. And number two, that bitch, Jenny from Forrest Gump. So, Lucy, you did sort of well, uh, give us the spoiler earlier on, but you're number one? Number one is uh, Hannibal Lecter, but literally any anybody who listens to this podcast who knows me will know that I knew that that's who I am. I'm Hannibal Lecter star, I'm not going to lie. Yeah. What more can we say about it? I mean, we've said, we've said a lot, haven't we? We I have, just think, yeah. you know, I don't want to bore people with, like, and more things about Hannibal Lecter, but... As a sort of as a film, Silence of the Lambs, like you know, it won the big five, and I argue mm. that as it, as it the big four. I'm a terrible film fan. That the, the big Oscars. That it yeah, was. it did. First um, horror film to do it. It did. Yes, and I would say it's a horror film. Always people are like, it's a crime thriller. It's a psychological thriller. No, it's a horror film. <laughs> I will. I will die on that hill. Right, it's a horror film. Uh, so I just think to have a performance of that level, um, if we're just going to praise Anthony Hopkins for a minute, like to have a horror performance to win Best Actor Oscar is quite something. And I also think, like you were saying earlier, the the uh, faithfulness to the novel is is pretty much on point. Mm. I mean, I've read that novel from cover to cover a million times. It's pretty much what happens. Yeah, he's he's faultless as, as a villain. I just think he's absolutely iconic. Yeah, I agree. Just a quick question, Lucy. Mm. You've got a tattoo on your wrist. Is that a sign of the lamb's moth? Yep. There you, <laughs> there you go. Then. <laughs> Yeah. There you go. I, I mean, it. you know, love it. That pretty much yeah, shows you kind of fan. It's my first major tattoo. I've got a jigsaw piece as well. There's a theme here. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> the things that I like. Cool. So. <laughs> no, it's good. I like that. I oh, like that you. a lot. Nice. Okay, then, Neil, you're number one. Well, you guys have spoken about him a lot. He's right from my childhood and all the way through his Darth Vader. Right from the mask that he wears to his deep breathing, everything was terrifying as a kid, and it still resonates now. Actually, you know, he is. He is 
an ultimate villain, isn't he? He's got the power to do things that he wants to do. He has no remorse over destruction, killing. And I know he's a puppy dog for the Emperor, really, but he's still ruthless, in it? I mean, you don't realise he's that quite until the end of, you know, into uh, Return of the Jedi, but... Yeah, I just think his whole outfit, even though it's from the 70s, hasn't dated. It's still a villainous piece. Mm. Everything, everything. And uh, I'm so glad James Earl Jones did do the voice because, Christ, oh, we've all heard David Prowers having a go. And it, <laughs> it would have been all the West Country it's the fact Darth that Vader. David Prowers said on the interview, said, I was surprised when they didn't use my voice for Darth Vader. Mm. Oh, come on. It would have been uh, Star Wars meets this country, wouldn't it? Well, it was. Uh, he was um, <laughs> nicknamed Darth Tractor on the on the um, set. On the set, yeah. Oh dear. I but yeah, the... I, I mean, I was surprised he wasn't your number one. I'll be honest. Pat. No, well, yeah, I, I played the the VR. I can't remember what the Star Wars game was that came out last year. Yeah, and you don't realize how menacing he is until you're playing a VR game and Darth Vader is stood right in front of you. Right. And so you are literally in the same room as Darth Vader and it is horrifying. He <laughs> is like, I don't know, seven foot, seven and a half foot tall. Jesus. But when he is right in front of you, like literally you can put your hand out and sort of touch him. He, he is frightening. He is really, and it really changed my view on him because you don't obviously get that when you're watching the film, but... When you're playing a VR game and he's right in front of you, my God, that man is menacing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he is. Okay, my number one, I think you had him, Neil. Um, Hans Gruber is my yeah. number one. Um, I don't think there's anyone as suave and sophisticated uh, a movie villain as him, but it's all for show. Mm. It's all for show. He comes in with these views that he's a he's a terrorist and... He's, you know, they they want to free all of these political prisoners and that. He's not. In the end, all he is, as Holly says, you're just a thief. Mm. And he goes, No, I'm an exceptional thief. Uh, you that's know, right. that's um and I don't think that as much as I think that iconic roles that um Alan Rickman has had. He also doesn't look like Alan Rickman. That's the thing. Well, it's his breakthrough role, wasn't it, really? It was his breakthrough movie role. It's sort of the yeah, start of his know. career. I don't know. And I just find him so watchable in Die yeah. Hard. I really do. I don't think that um, as much as I've got Sheriff of Nottingham as number four, mm. <laughs> he is fantastic. And um, and cold. Like I said, when he takes oh, out yeah. when he takes out the, the CEO, that sh- you know, you've got three chances. And boom, and he d- but, he, but again, it's that ruthlessness and that blinkered mm. vision. He needs that guy to give him those codes. He doesn't give him the codes. I'll give you an ultimatum. You don't write, okay, bang, you're dead. Yeah. Then speaks to his tech guy, can you do it? Well, you didn't bring me here for my charming personality. Right, That's then it. off you go. <laughs> you know, And he knows exactly what the FBI are going to do. He's, you know, He knows exactly what everything needs to do apart from... John McClane. John McClane there, yeah. Just to, you know, yippee-ki-yay, motherfucker. (laughs) He's a great villain, though, isn't he? Fantastic. That was, again, I'm surprised that there haven't been as many... um, Crossovers. Crossovers and duplicates. It's like every week I say that. I always think we're going to have, like, loads of of duplicates and we're just going to be talking about the same ones, but there wasn't as many again. And some awesome choices of people that I'd forgotten about. 
Yes. So what were some of your honourable mentions before I mention some of the ones that people have sent in? Uh, Lucy? Uh, yeah, so I um, went for Alex from A Clockwork Orange is right. one of them because it's just, again, it's the pure malice, the pure evil, the, the sadism. Um, I would have put Gruber on there as well, uh, definitely. <laughs> and the Terminator. Yeah. But, yeah. Like, when people say things, you go, ah, yes. <laughs> you know, there, there are, I mean, there are so many good villains. Uh, if we were doing Disney, you'd probably put the evil queen on there, I think, probably. Um, there's just so many, to be honest. Yeah. Um, but I think the the ones that I whittled it down to were the ones that have kind of had a lasting impact on me. So I'm happy with the list. I think I've settled on it. <laughs> That's good. That's good. So some of the honourable mentions we had uh, sent in, Stu Grant gave us Michael Myers, Patrick Bateman, yeah. Kaiser yeah. Soze, Agent Smith, Biff Tannen, mm. uh, <laughs> Dr. Zeus Jigsaw, the 89 Joker. Dr. Uh, Zeus? How is he an evil uh, villain? I don't know. Oh, Who's I know Planet of the Apes. I was thinking of Dr. Zeus who wrote The Grinch. <laughs> <laughs> Planet of the Apes. Apparently. Yes. Um, Asami Yamakazi. No, Yamazaki. Does anyone know who that is? I don't, I'm not sure. No. Who that is. no. Uh, and Wu Jin Lee. Okay. Uh, he didn't put any what the movies were or anything, but thank you for that, Stu. Uh, at SWO Productions says, I'm not a Star Wars guy, but I feel the objective answer is Darth Vader. If we are all allowed to count all incarnations of the character, the Joker should be up there too. Yeah. Uh, mentioned in both of yours. Uh, at Chatty Geek HD said, has to be Agent Smith from the Matrix series for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, at Andy Crake said, Stripe, the main villainous gremlin in Gremlins. Always He's scared fair. me as a kid, but actually I reckon the cranky old woman, Mrs. Deagle, is more evil. She's horrible. <laughs> <laughs> she is she is uh josh from just films and that says the whale from pinocchio stop, <laughs> stop laughing he actually says on there so <laughs> um and alice from just films and that says gotta be my man the t1000 oh uh, yeah robert patrick you see that was terrifying when he was chasing you but absolutely i still absolutely. i still think Schwarzenegger is more terrifying yeah, yeah. Our, our friend faye faye hatcher says vicini from the princess bride yeah. Uh, inconceivable. <laughs> uh at Stacy Michelle B on Twitter said, Come. Oh yeah. Star Trek. Yeah. Uh Darren Brown, who is obviously uh great minds think alike, said Jenny from Forrest Gump is the biggest villain in my opinion. So I'm not alone. Thank no, you, no, Darren. No. I don't think you are, and I quite appreciate the argument. Okay, that's fair enough then. <laughs> Uh, and Tracy Tyler said, Tommy DeVito, Joe Pesci in Goodfellas, terrifying and funny, digging up a body. I find an arm, I find a leg, I find a wing. Uh, so there you go. That's all of our uh, uh, honorable mentions. So, Lucy, what have you uh, been up to uh, since we last spoke to you? Oh, what have I been doing? Uh... Apart from sorting your computer, <laughs> right? Obviously. Big, 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 big question. Uh, I, I don't know if you guys watch Inside Number Nine at all. I yeah. went to see them speak at a, a sort of thing at the Barbican, which was incredible because I'm a big fan of their work. I think mm. uh, Inside Number Nine is, is brilliant. Uh, so that's kind of, I'm still on the kind of the high from from seeing those guys, I think. Um, funnily enough, I probably would have done that, um, you know, if I would have done the TV one again, I probably would have put Inside Number Nine people on if I'm not, I'm not going to lie. Uh, but aside from that, I've just been sort of having a bit of a break, honestly. I mean, my laptop broke, which wasn't great. Um, so I haven't been, I've got no like podcast out with them or anything. I'm just sort of minding my own business for a bit, really. <laughs> so nothing really professional to report on, um, to be honest with you, but I'm just, I'm doing things like this, really. 
to be honest. Nice. Well, yeah, there's a lot more. That's all good for us. That <laughs> is then. Um, yeah. Neil, do you want to let everybody know how they can get in touch with us and tell and let everybody know how they can tell me that I'm wrong about Jenny <laughs> from Forest Gump? That would be an interesting debate if people uh, people uh, join in on it. I wish they would. So they can tell us all their opinions via email, um, which you can do via top10pods at hotmail.com. You can follow us on all the social medias at top10pods. Um, also, you can come help support the podcast at patreon.com forward slash top10pods where you get all sorts of rewards, where even being a guest is one of them. So, yeah, come along and join the fun. And check out all the links via Linktree. You can find the link in the show notes below. And then please do come and subscribe and leave us a rate and review and on our podcast at Apple, please. Or subscribe and follow at Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts from. So there you go. Movie villains done. TV mm. villains done. Yes. We need to think of another villain. Cartoon villains. I'll do Cartoon anything. I love villains. villains. Disney <laughs> yeah. villains. We could do Disney villains. Ooh. Oh my goodness me! So we will be seeing you again, Lucy. I'm pretty sure. Oh yeah. well, if you'll have me, I'm happy to be back. So yeah, oh, absolutely. We shall sort one out for the new year without a shadow of a doubt. Um, so Lucy, thank you so much for joining us once again. Thank you, Lucy. No, thanks. Honestly, it's been fun. <laughs> Great. Thank you, Neil. Thank you very much, Pav. Thanks everyone for listening. Now let's go and start the countdown. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com. Even on a budget, quality is non negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.